Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping quit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello! Hey, guys. Hi. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duval Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to give a huge shout out to my last guest, Michael A. Smith. That was a whole lot of fun, and I was so glad he and I could geek out together. It's a lot of fun to let my hair down and talk about something I am so passionate about, I don't get to do it often. So welcome to episode 79. We've got a very interesting episode for you today. We have on the show behavioral attunement expert Tracy Crossley is here with us. She'll be discussing her new book, Overcoming Insecure Attachment, Eight Proven Steps to Recognizing Anxious and Avoidant Attachment Styles and Building Healthier and Happy Relationships. She'll be discussing her theory into the dating phenomenon known as breadcrumbing and offers other insights into healthy relationships. For the super sensitive among us and those who might be listening at work, yes, there is some language in this one, so put the headphones on. So with that out of the way, let's get her out here. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from Los Angeles, California, behavioral attunement expert and author, the amazing Tracy Crossley. Hello, Tracy, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out in Los Angeles today? It's been raining. <laughs> uh, yes, it's been raining. Um, it was, I think, 80 degrees yesterday or Saturday. But mm-hmm. Yeah, today it is pouring rain all over Los Angeles. I start my interviews with the same question. That is, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, what's interesting about my life is that... <laughs> Along with the rest of the world having to go through changes because of COVID, I had a lot of things that happened personally in my life. And so one of the things that I really became very clear on was I was going to live my best life no matter what was going on, no matter what the circumstances were. I had a choice and I could either let the circumstances continue to define if I was going to be happy, sad, or moving forward, or if I was just going to live in a state of limbo. And for me, it was really about moving forward and, you know, finding what I'm made of as I go forward. Yeah, that makes total sense. I'm hoping everything is better for you now. Uh, some of it. 
<laughs> yeah, some of it's not so great, but you know, again, the circumstances are what they are, and they're things that are way beyond my control. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born, and what was it like to grow up there? Well, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I moved out here, not by myself, of course, with my parents, uh, when I was two years old. And I grew up, we moved to one city, and then we ended up in a city called Cerritos, California, which was on the border of Los Angeles County and Orange County. And so, you know, it was an interesting childhood in terms of we had moved there, and there were cow pastures when we first moved there. And it was funny, I think by the time I was 18, none of the cow pastures were left. So all the dairies had left the area. And so it it was one of those childhood memories where, hey, I remember I used to play, you know, in the dirt and all the uh, pastures. And then it turned to, obviously, as an 18-year-old, I'm not doing that anyways. But it was just, uh, you know, it was quite a big change. And I stayed there. And then I lived in other parts of Los Angeles. And yeah, I I mean, you know, I would not probably trade where I grew up, but I would never want to go back there either, though. At what age did you decide to pursue this current career path you were currently on? <laughs> well, it kind of chose me about 14 years ago. So I was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in my early 40s and I had been laid off uh, along with a lot of people in 2008. And I ended up reading a book and I wanted to meet the author. I met the author. And it's a long story, you know, it's a lot of little details. But the point is that I met the author and ended up being offered from her and her business partner a position of selling, you know, selling their program and marketing. And I didn't uh, do this for any money. I just did it because at the time I didn't really value myself very much. And in, they also, I want to say it was like about three or four months later, offered me an opportunity to train as a coach. And mm. at the time I thought, yeah, how am I ever going to make money as a coach? Like what, what am I going to do with that? So I ended up going in that direction, whether I really wanted to or not at the time, it was just something that seemed to kind of fall in my lap. What are your favorite memories from Toro University? (laughs) Uh, My favorite memories were some of my professors. I happen to be, what do you call it? Um, I like to be an A student and I like to be an A student because if I'm going to commit to something, it's not that I overdo, but I do enough. And for me, it was great because I, I had some kindred spirits in some of the professors that I had. So I really enjoyed some of those relationships. So there's lots here still to discuss. And that leads me to the question of what is intuitive reinvention? Ah, so intuitive reinvention. Basically, it's, you know, we can reinvent ourselves at any point in our lives. And I think some of us do this often. Some people might do it once. Some some people might not do it at any point. And if you put the word intuitive with it, it's really trying to follow along with what is your intuition telling you as far as changes that you can make or I don't want to say should make, but really it does come back to, you know, who are you meant to be in this life, right? What are you meant to do? And I don't mean just as a job. I mean, in general, like, what are you meant to do when you get out of bed every day? Are you meant to be happy? Are you meant to be sad? What are you meant to be and do? And so intuitive reinvention sort of encompassed this idea that you can reinvent intuitively by following that inner wisdom 
rather than reading a book or trying to figure it out because you're watching other people and you're like, oh, that looks good. I think I'm going to reinvent myself as an artist after being an accountant. But yeah, that's basically what intuitive reinvention means. So you mentioned earlier that you were a coach and we did the research. Your credentials are sound. If I am understanding, you are currently going to be talking about a theory you're promoting called breadcrumbing. Am I correct? And actually, you know, I have a book out. It's called Overcoming Insecure Attachment. And uh, yeah, and I have been promoting that. But breadcrumbing is part of the vernacular that I use when it comes to how people allow themselves to be treated and what they settle for in life. A lot of us don't feel we deserve very much. And that comes from our childhood conditioning and believing that we either have to do more or be more or be somebody else to get the things that we want. And that includes love. So breadcrumbing refers to how you can meet somebody and perhaps you hit it off and then they disappear or they're, they, they stop contacting you as much as they were. And you think, oh, my gosh, what's happened? I thought this was my soulmate. And you think maybe they're gone or they're not interested. And then they pop back in and you stick with it instead of going, hey, maybe this isn't healthy or maybe I don't want to be here you end up sticking with it because they've given you just enough breadcrumbs to keep you interested. Interesting. So if I'm looking in the mirror, I'm wondering to myself, am I a breadcrumber? What should I look for? Okay. So the breadcrumber, a great way to know is you have a lot of fear usually when you're a breadcrumber because you will find excuses and reasons not to get close to somebody. Let's, let's say you go out with them and you think, wow, they were great. But then you'll start to find that you're either... I don't want to say tearing them apart, but I do find that that's what a lot of people do, especially women. You know, they'll start going, well, he wasn't all that great. He was this, he was that. But there might be some connection there, so you're not necessarily ready mm -hmm. to get rid of it. And you want what you're doing, and this is not on a conscious level. It's on a subconscious level. What you're doing is you're basically trying to get yourself to have enough distance emotionally so you're comfortable. Because the idea of getting close to somebody means that you could get hurt. It means you could be rejected. It means that you have a lot of fear and you're operating completely from fear. Like the breadcrumber looks like they have control, but they're really out of control. And that's why they back off. In your professional opinion, what is the best cure for healing an insecure attachment? Well, you know, breadcrumbing is part of insecure attachment. And it really depends on your attachment style. And most of the people I work with are either anxious, avoidant or avoidant. And so the first step is always awareness. That's with anything, because if you're not aware of how you operate or you're not aware of your reactions, you're not aware of how you get triggered into your reactions, then it's kind of impossible to change anything. You really have to pay attention. What do I contribute when I go on a date and I think it's a great date and then I get away from the date and I start thinking about it? And I don't realize that I'm having fearful thoughts. It's really to realize I'm having fearful thoughts. I don't know this person. Why am I making up a story? Why do I have a fear of getting closer to them? And then once you have awareness, you have to get into feeling your feelings, like what is going on inside of me that is, you know, because feelings are always what keep patterns in place. Because if you could intellectually break a pattern by saying, I don't want to do that, then it would be great. But most of us, we have feelings and it's to get through those feelings. Like, why are these feelings keeping me wanting to create distance, you know, keeping me single, keeping me always afraid. And 
then as you get, you know, into that, I mean, I'm giving you like the simple version into that, then you have to get to emotionally risky action. Like what's something that would be emotionally risky? Well, if you're a breadcrumber, that would be show up consistently. If you say you're going to call at six, call at six. Don't call three weeks later. You know, it means if you're interested in finding out why you freak out, then maybe you need to date somebody that you've had an initial interest in and, and see how you feel and what actually triggers you to want to run away. And you're going to, that means you have to deal with that feeling of wanting to bolt, you know, that urgency that, oh, God, I got to get out of here. Then you have to start dealing with that. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this amazing interview. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink, take some super nice, long, deep breaths, and you know, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Pay attention to two friends of the show. We will be right back. Hey, everyone. I am Chris. And I'm Christine. And we do a podcast about life, love, and hot topics. We're family friendly. Yeah, well, mostly. And you can catch us every week. So subscribe to the Chris and Christine show on your favorite streaming service. And buckle up, Buttercup, because you're in for some fun. Some fun? Oh, yeah. That sounds fantastic. In today's story, Elena tried taking a magic potion which she thought would help her. Well, she found out there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Anytime you take one from anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health, maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings? Or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own. With your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hi, my name is Michelle Fabre, and you can listen to my latest single, Kick It Up, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming platforms. I never had a feeling like this before. Let me in. Hey, baby, I'm coming to your door. And even though you're miles away, I can't wait. I'm going to see you today.
Welcome to Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindalyn. My name is Billy Milovanovic, aka Bildo. My name is Lindsay Kirkwood, also known as Lindalyn. And this is our offensively funny podcast about drinking wine and chatting life. Some of our previous topics include conspiracy theories. I know somebody that thinks the world's flat. What? Like a real person? Yes. Body ailments. I'm going to go from toes up because I have a lot. <laughs> no, seriously, you laugh, but I have so many this body ailments. what happens with age, guys. And I know. And orgasms. I'm a little bit frustrated and it just hasn't been happening. I, I'm trying, Henry's trying, we're all trying, but when orgasming is good, it's good. Basically, we talk about all the things that you would generally talk about over wine with your girlfriends. New episodes out each Monday. Chat, Chat soon. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 79 of the Derek Duvall Show. Put down that dating app and let's get right back into the show with the conclusion of our interview with behavioral attunement expert and author, Tracy Crossley. One of the things I'm starting to see more and more of among my single friends is people who are simply getting attached to potentially bad mates just for the sake of they don't want to be alone. Are you seeing more of that? Well, yes and no, because it's all part of a pattern. You know, most people don't realize you're I don't want to say a victim of your conditioning, but most of us don't know why we do half the things that we do. And coming out of a divorce, right? So most people are not are not aware of how their fear is designing their life. Like you may say to them, oh my gosh, you know, you're doing these things, but for somebody to actually see themselves and have that kind of self-awareness, they have to want to, number one. Number two even if they do, it's still hard. It's like, okay, but I have a lot of fear. And most people don't want to deal with the fear inside. They're like, yep, I want to close that down. And so it makes it very difficult for people that are in that position to get into a healthy, happy relationship. So I told some of my followers that you were going to be coming on the show and I asked them to submit questions. Now I chose the most intelligent of them. And if it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and ask them. Sure, sure. The first question is from a listener who has been divorced for three years and is seeing a gentleman, and she wants to know if a casual relationship can be kept purely on a physical level. Never known anybody to actually do it where both people can actually do that. Usually it's a great idea in theory, <laughs> you know, like keep it as physical. Uh, unfortunately, emotions are something that are going to develop. But more than that, it's why is it got to stay physical? What are you afraid of? So immediately, it's already a relationship built in fear. The second question from another female listener, she writes, the dating world has transformed the last 15 years. What advice do you give those out there hopelessly looking for love? You got to stop being hopeless, number one. It's not about hope. It's, you know, it's about action. It's about what are you willing to do? And I say that from my own experience because I got divorced when I was around 30 and I was single for about 20 years. And the problem was I kept feeling like it was some force outside of me. 
And it wasn't. It was me and what I was doing. It was me and how I couldn't let love in, even though if you would have asked me at different times, I would have told you that's exactly what I was doing. I wasn't. And so it's that self-awareness again of how do I block love? You know, pay attention to how you go on a date. Are you acting like the date you think you're supposed to act like? Or are you being yourself? Because most of us are not. We have a dating face we put on and we go out there. So the problem is you will always hit that wall if you really believe that that, I guess, ability to have a relationship that's healthy is outside of you. Do you put any stock into the dating apps? I don't know. I mean, I was single and I went through the apps and I met my husband on the app uh, match, you know, and truly it just came back to what is it that I'm willing to do? I, you know, I, I also feel a lot of us use that as an excuse. Oh, I've been out of the market for so long and gee, that doesn't mean I can actually have a relationship or you know, whatever it is that somebody wants to, to put out there again, you know, thinking that that is outside of you, but it's right. really, it's just a, it's just a, um, a tool. It, that's all it is, is a tool to, meet people because there's not a lot of places you're going to actually meet people unless you meet them at work and you don't really want to meet your, you know, your mate at work or a lot of people don't. Real fast. Tell us about your podcast. So my podcast is, oh gosh, it's been around since 2015 and it's called Freedom from Attachment. And I also have one called Moving On. And so Freedom from Attachment is about all things in relating to getting out of a state of attachment. And when you get out of a state of attachment, what does that mean? Well, that means attachment to anything, not just other people. It means things. And so it's all about you know, the emotions and the psychology behind why we do what we do. And then moving on has been a show where I do interviews of people who have overcome circumstances in their life to bring them to the level of success that they're currently at. Now, you've written a book, as you mentioned earlier, called Overcoming Insecure Attachment. Please tell us about it. So Overcoming Insecure Attachment is is the title that my publisher came up with. Funny. It is funny because the original title was called Deal With It. We're all fucked up. Eight ways to happiness, no matter what the fuck is going on. And it truly was about that. Yes, it does mention insecure attachment in the book, but the whole book is not about insecure attachment. And so to me, I think it makes it, you know, not as, how do I put this? It's like, it's a good book. I didn't have to change the inside of the book, but it was very, to me, disheartening. But at the same time, it's like the book is a great book. Like the book is still really about what I originally wrote about is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) That is such a great title for a book. So what is next for Tracy Crossley? Uh, Well, what's next for me is I'm writing a book right now, and that is called The 29-Day Solution to Living Your Best Life, no matter what the fuck is going on, because my circumstances, you know, before, um, I would say this year, last year, I recognized that, you know, you can choose to be happy and you can choose whatever you want to choose, not dictated by your circumstances. So if you want to be rich and you're poor, does that mean you stay poor? No. It means, you know, like right now, as an example of all the fun things that have been going on in my life, my husband has been in the hospital since January, and he's waiting for a heart transplant. And that's not, you know, something I say lightly, and nor is it light. And so, but I say it because, you know, there's things we're doing. We sold our house while he's, 
right when he was going into the hospital and we bought another house. And does that make it easy? Does it mean my circumstances are something I just fly through? No. Along with other circumstances that have been going on before and ones that are totally relatable to the rest of the world, it really is about do you keep moving forward or do you just go into a sort of limbo and live in limbo because that's just the default that most people go to. And I'm like, well, if you know that you only have a certain amount of days on this earth, then you need to live your best life every day. And some days that might just be breathing. I can breathe today. Great. This was a good day. As we begin to wind down this interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Yeah, they can either Google me, Tracy Crossley, and that's Tracy without an E and Crossley with an E. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I always have to tell people that because I think it, it throws them off or something. Anyway, you can Google me or you can go to my website, which is tracycrossley.com and it has all the social media handles there. And you can, and my podcast is also on my website too. Awesome. I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of earth? The one thing I want to say is that you're not a victim of circumstances. And that the minute you take responsibility for the things you say, the things you do, and your own perceptions of the world, you can totally change your life and feel empowered. And that really is the only way to world peace. Because if everybody was responsible for all of that, then nobody would feel the need to either overpower someone else or get everybody to think like they do, because you'd be okay with you. Tracy, that's a hell of an answer. Okay, Duval Nation, the book is Overcoming Insecure Attachment, Eight Proven Steps to Recognizing Anxious and Avoidant Attachment Styles and Building Healthier and Happier Relationships, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you find your books. Tracy, thanks ever so much for coming on the show today. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Derek. Oh, you're welcome. Stay safe. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of Episode 79. right i want to thank trace again for coming on the show and spending time talking with me i encourage everyone listening to go out and buy her book and single people take heed there was damn good advice there we still have so much more good stuff coming your way as some of the more perceptive of you have realized we have gone to a two episode a week release schedule to keep up with the demand of recorded to release ratio so stay tuned as we are kicking out absolutely incredible content have you had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs. Be sure to go to our website, DerekDevallShow.com. Look on the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic again for being such great partners. On behalf of the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, be safe, be well, and if you think you're a breadcrumber, seek out Tracy's wisdom, please. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.